Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome you to the show on KOA News Radio. Logan Lewis with you. Dave Logan, Rick Lewis, Kathy Lee. 9.06 is the time on this, the 4th of May, 2020. Hope you had a good weekend. Hope you at least got outside and enjoyed some some really good weather. Morning, guys. Hey, it was a great weekend. Hi, Dave. nice? Yesterday was really nice, yeah. Uh, Saturday a little, maybe a little cloudy, but not bad. Did a lot of motorcycle riding yesterday. Got out two different times, actually, to ride. Also, oh, I bought a bicycle Saturday. Another motorcycle? No, bicycle. Oh, you bought a bicycle. Bicycle Saturday, and I rode it twice yesterday, and I decided I don't like it. You don't like the idea of riding, or you don't like that particular bike? Maybe that's it. Well, which one? I gave you a... I'd say both right now, but I'm... uh, You don't like riding a bike? It wasn't fun. I I got it for exercise. Yeah. You know, just to, for cardio. And it was fine for that, but it wasn't, you know, it's a pretty big investment. I don't know if you have a bike or not. Do you have I, a... Yeah, I've got a mountain bike. Okay. With the fat tires. Yeah, this is kind of a mount, it's kind of a hybrid, they call it. Yeah. Where you can ride on the road or off-road, but, I mean, it was a good workout, but it wasn't enjoyable. It wasn't comfortable. Like, it wasn't comfortable on your back, or maybe maybe it's, not, maybe it's not fitted right. That's what somebody told me today. We talked about it on, on the morning show on the Fox. And I don't think you're going to like riding a bike, and no matter how good of a bike it is. Why not? Why not? Because Rick's just not that person. He's like, going uphill is hard. I mean, that's what a bike's all about. Well, that's about. why I got it, was for the workout. I know, but, but if you don't like riding just even a bike just down the street. It just wasn't street, fun, and some people think it's really fun. Yeah, I, well, because I people but, love it. Yeah. Good mean, Lord, you're going to let her put out, Rick doesn't like it because going uphill yeah, is hard. <laughs> I mean, really? That, I, mean, I bought it for the workout. All right, so I, I'm expecting it to be hard, but I thought there'd be some joy in it. And, and for the amount of money bikes cost, they're pretty expensive. There's, there's no, I don't, I mean, I'm one of those people, I don't love to ride. I would rather run, hike, walk more than biking. Would you really? Yes. I think biking, like I could tootle around the neighborhood, right? On my bike, but I, any uphills and stuff, I don't love. So you guys are alike in that area. Yes. I guess. Yes. It, it wasn't comfortable. Did you, do you like riding a bike? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't do it every day, but I like okay. getting out in the weekend and you do just going for, because it's, it's, you can make it. A really good workout. You can. You there's can, no doubt. You can make it, you know, just depending on what gear you're in, you can make it like, oh, I am like, like uh, your I'm heart, dying yes. here. It's good. It gets your heart rate up. Absolutely. I, I think one of the mistakes I made on my second ride is the first half of the ride was downhill. The whole second half of the ride was uphill, and that was a workout. You got to plan that the other way around. It felt good. I mean, yeah. it was kind of good. But just uncomfortable. I, uh, but they say you got to get used to the seat and all that. They say your butt gets used to it. Uh, yours is probably used to it. Mine's not. 
You, you, um, Teddy Caput is talking to you a little bit. Yeah, it didn't like it. It didn't like it. That skinny little hard seat. And yeah. Yeah, not not a good thing. I don't think you're going to like any seat that you get. I really don't think, because I'm like you, and I don't like riding a bike. It's just come to the fact I've ridden a lot of bikes in my lifetime, and we rent bikes a lot in the mountains, and I'm like, mm, I no? think I'd rather walk. Hmm. Yeah. I, I'd run if I could. I used to like running. I've seen you walk. Let's not run. Yeah, you don't want to see that, Dave. <laughs> hey, you don't want to see that. I walk out every day with you. Right. Let, let's, yeah. let's not run. Well, you're one. You would know. Rick, I think you could have like a $5,000 bike, and it's the best one for you, and you'd still not like riding a bike. Maybe. I I, we, we had Susie Wardgen on the show because she's a She's a huge bike, bike yeah. rider. And she gave me some advice. and What? Um, get your seat adjusted. She said. She get said your butt seat. gets used yeah. to it. She said get a padded shorts. It, it can be. Yeah, that's it, true too. It can be really tough uh, if if you have a novice butt. It can be really tough on your butt. And she said that uh, you should get butt paste. Yeah, she's real well, big Su- on the butt butter yeah, or Susie's whatever it is. Yeah, Susie's sort of a butt paste expert. Yeah, exactly. we we had a long conversation. Matter of fact, I think that took up an entire show one day. About her and butt paste. I, a little uncomfortable for me, but she she jumped right she in. She brought it up again this morning on on my morning show on the Fox. I mean, she's the butt paste queen. Butt butter. I'm I mean, like, honestly, I had to ask her where do you put it. She it, said you have to put in the creases that you sweat. Yeah, and that's what made me a little uncomfortable. I, <laughs> that's what she said to me too. I'm thinking, how how do I? Where do I go from here? You know. I should have maybe consulted with her or you or somebody that kind of knows. You got to break it in. I mean, it's like it's it's maybe. like a new pair of shoes. You're not going to buy a new pair of running shoes and then go out and run 26 miles in. Am I? I don't. Think. I might take it back. Actually, I I they were closed yesterday, but I emailed the bike shop and they responded and said, "Yeah, bring it back, and we'll see if we can find something that works." So they were cool about that. Uh, like I said, it's a pretty big investment. Then another good friend of mine. Uh, who's an avid biker, uh, Tim Mills, who we've talked about before. Yeah. He told me, he said, I think you need a better bike. He said, you get what you pay for. And he said, they should fit you to the bike, which they didn't do, really. You know, we're big, big guys, right? Yeah. Long legs. and Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I, the height of the seat is really important, yes, really important. Right. And, Maybe and, I and the seat the is bike. really important, too. I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna, to, like, chalk this down, write this down right now and say, Rick... I don't care how much you spend on a bike or gear. You're not, not going like to like it. not going to like it. Like, don't waste the money. I'm kind of hearing that. <laughs> right? I'm kind of hearing, mean, like, you know. Because if you enjoyed riding a bike, you would have already done it before this point. Yeah. I, you know, I like motorcycles. I like yeah. bikes with a motor on them. And I ride by. Well, it's a hell of a lot easier to go uphill. And it's a lot more fun. And I ride by guys on bikes all the time. Even when I was riding dirt bikes. You know, you get up in the woods and the mountains and we're riding. And you see these guys on bikes and I look at them like. That does not look like fun to me as I go blowing by them, you know? But see, once again, ch- write this down. Rick is never going to like riding Maybe. Bikes. You might be right about like, that. Like, don't spend you a lot of money right. on it, Rick, because I feel like you're going to waste your money on it. Could be right. Well, it, why don't you get one of those bikes that has, you know, you pedal, but it also has the little motor on it. So then when you have friend, to go up a big hill, you don't even have to worry about it. My that last night, he, these electric bikes, but they're super expensive. You seen those? No. They got a little electric motor in them. They, the the cheapest one was twenty five hundred bucks. Yeah, they're fun, Dave. You should rent one. Some they're fun. Well, Those I, are I don't. Fun. I don't mind riding the bike. I. I've yet... They kick it in like you know, like the people who go over like the pass and Passes stuff. And oh, stuff I'm not like trying that. to ride up a pass. But they kick it in. So we rent them in the mountains. Those electric bikes, and really? they're pretty fun. Uh huh. Hmm. Yeah, my friend. He said he's got guys that'll ride them fifty, hundred miles a day. Yeah. And he 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 said they think they are actually getting better cardio. 
uh, because for whatever reason, I guess because you're riding more miles, but the motor only kicks in when you need it to. Is what I'm I'm being told. Like if you really you're you're in trouble. Like you get you find yourself on a hill or a pass that like I'm not I'm gonna have to get off the bike. He said the motor can really help you get over that and make it makes it more. Oh, that fun. makes sense. Yeah. Right. But I, I but I think I think honestly, this to me, you get to an age where you just decide. I, I just I don't think I, I don't I just don't want to do that, and I don't want you to get there too soon. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to get there. So too you're soon. recommending not to get the bike. I, I no, I'm rep, <laughs> I'm I'm recommending to you to try it. Get a bike and start out slow and don't try to ride 20 miles the first day and understand that maybe it might not be fun all the time. It's going to be a little bit of work, but it's good for your cardio. And uh, I think eventually you could work into like yeah. It's not bad. You might not be an ad. Kathy said, over here, give me the look like you don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you don't know. I'm trying to give Rick a little <laughs> impetus to stay in the saddle. You got to stay in the saddle. That's good advice. I think stay in the good, saddle. That's solid advice. You know well, I mean? Why won't you just tell him to get a stationary bike? Be- because it's more fun to ride a bike outside. You can, you know, you can see things. You can smell things. I mean, it's it's more fun. I've got a stationary bike too. For you, yeah. like not everybody loves to ride a bike. I see. I could see where it would be fun. It would be fun if you enjoyed it, but. Just think of it as a workout. You don't. It's not like you have to adopt bike riding as one of your favorite things in the world. But this is on two days a week. This is going to be my cardio workout, and and attack it and approach it like that. Yeah. And stay in the saddle. That, Huck, that's how I looked at it. You know it. what I'm saying? That's Cinch up them panties and let's go. I guess. Uh, and I, I I bought it for the workout, <laughs> but I guess I was a little surprised it wasn't fun. Like I was expecting it to be a fun workout. But that's like saying, you know what? Back back when I played in the NFL. I mean, when you go to training camp, you had uh, you had this test that they'd give you to, to find out what kind of shape you're in. And it was like 16 110s. You get 30 seconds rest in between each one. And you had one. You had to run each run one within a specific time. Hell. Not fun. That was not fun. But, you know, it was a way to gauge yeah. your conditioning. And it, by the way, people would say working out is not fun. You mean weight training? Yeah. So it's everybody has their own opinion. That's so true. Everybody's got that's their own. Why you weight train, but you don't cardio. I got to get your cardio no, up a little bit. You're right. I, I don't, don't think you'll like. I don't. I'm gonna once again writing the date down. What's it? May. 5th. May fourth. Uh, May fourth. Rick Lewis continues to try to ride a bike. He is not gonna like it. I got to do something. This is the fattest I've ever been. But there's a lot of no, other things isn't. you can do. <laughs> I, I mean, wait, Thanks, I don't. Dave. I don't mean it like that. <laughs> Dave. Oh, well, wait, wait, a minute. wait, wait. I, I didn't mean it like that. You, you, you haven't gained all the weight I've, back. No, it's not necessarily weight gain. I weigh about the same. Are I'm you just, a fat, skinny guy? Yeah, skinny fat. I just don't. Um, yeah. You're soft. Yeah, yeah. I weigh about the same. It just doesn't look the same. You know what I'm saying? What do you? Okay, so what cardio do you do at the gym? You didn't do any. I I would do elliptical. So buy an elliptical machine for your house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really? Oh my god! Kathy, here, if the gym's going to open in a week or two, do I want to invest that kind of money? Oh, but a... what if the gym closes again because something happens? Well I'm in a tough spot. I'm in a tough spot. Go You're... invest some money. What are you going to? You going to take it with you? Go invest a little money on yourself. On your lip. Bet on yourself, Rick. You know, and it's it's a good investment, right? Because yes. it's for your health. Yes. All, All I'm right. saying I'm gonna, is that... I'm going to try to stick with the bike thing. You sound like you got your dauber down. See, your dauber down? <laughs> you know, I actually feel good Get today. your dauber up. I was just disappointed, I guess. 
You know, like a buyer's remorse kind of thing? Because you're not a bike rider. That's the thing. You don't enjoy it. And the, you can't figure out that you're not that way at this age. You're not that person. I'm not that person. Dave's that I'm willing person. to try new things, though. I know, but you... Yeah, for like 20 minutes, and you want to take your bike back. <laughs> I did two... Di- I told him to start golfing. I did golfing. two rides yesterday. Uh, 40 minutes. Right. Yeah. I told him to start golfing again. Well, he and I have talked about that. Just start. And that, that's not really not a cardio. Workout, no, if you walked not 18 holes, that's not pretty good really. cardio. It's not really cardio. You no, don't you think w- so? Mm-mm. You walk for I mean, you're, walk, yards, you're walking, yeah. 200 but... yards, stop, talk for five minutes. I, I walk from the tee box, you know, 240 <laughs> yards, dead right, and then I hit it, and then I walk mm-hmm. 230 yards, dead left. I mean, I get a lot of walking over 18 I, holes, but I, it's not a cardio. I bet I you get 15,000 steps in. Well, yeah, True. which is fine. True. It's fine. I'm not downplaying it. It's better it, than but... sitting in a chair eating eating uh, bonbons. Doesn't exactly. get your heart up, no. heart rate up high enough. Well, I don't know. Something... I did yesterday. I got my heart rate up, going up that hill. No doubt about it. Good, and it felt good. See, well, see, there. It's been there, a while. I mean, look for small victories, Rick. You know, okay. All right, look coach. for small victories. Okay, coach. Thank, thanks for the pep talk. <laughs> stay, stay in the saddle. Thanks for the pep talk. I, I knew I, I could count on you. I think Thank Dave you. might be right, though, because you're not a cardio person, so any type of really hard not cardio. A, not like Dave is, no. I mean. But I'm not a weightlifting person like Rick is. Yeah, so you each have your own thing. We, Yeah, right. Why don't you hike? Yeah. I'd rather ride a bike than hike. Oh, see, I'd rather hike because you're outside – you're you not know? outside when you're at a bike. Well, no, you know, but I'm saying is that you're outside, like in like the mountains, hiking, right? Yeah, I never could quite figure out the the hiking and climbing the mountains and I, I, walking over rocks. And I'm thinking, ah, but that guy can't figure out the biking thing either, right? I mean, I would rather hike. I'm than with bike. Dave on the hiking thing. It's... I think hiking is amazing. Man, I yeah. love hiking. Me if too. I fall, if I fall off a bike, all right, you got road rash, might you know, might dislocate a shoulder. If I fall down a mountain while... You're not going to fall down a mountain. Well, There's usually a path, some sort of path when you hike. Yeah. Usually. I know. <laughs> All right. And that gets your heart rate going because you're going up. No, I agree going with that. Going uphill. You're right I agree with that. that. Yeah. For sure. And your bun's in shape. Well, that... True. A bike will do that too, though, right? Not not as much as hiking, probably. Huh. I mean, walk stairs. Stairs are good. Yeah, stairs are good for your your yeah. capacity. Hey, this person said they bought a e-bike on Amazon for five ninety nine. What? Yep. No way. You got That's ripped what he off. said. That he had said to be the cheapest it. e-bike in the world. Well, why do you need an expensive e-bike? You're only going to do it until you, the gym opens. I, from what I hear, you get what you pay for when it comes to bikes. That's what I've been told by people that really ride. Well, That's the, you can make that case for, for anything. anything. Pretty much anything. Golf clubs, snowboards, skis. Right. I mean, Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I mean, I'd look at it, I guess. Hmm. You got to put it together. He said, my hybrid was the number one reason I was able to lose 130 pounds. It was the right fit. The hybrid bike? If you think you're you're skinny fat, then keep a bike. He says that he's 68 and rides 10 to 18 miles per day, and he lost 130 pounds. The bike I got was a hybrid bike. I'll show you a picture of it during the break. It's a pretty cool bike. Annie and uh, Florissant. You're on KOA. Hello. Good morning. Good morning, Annie. Hello. Good morning. <laughs> hey, when you're talking about the bicycles, I made a mistake at one point. Um, I bought something called a Land Cruiser. It was years ago, and it was advertised on TV, one of those things, late at night. And <laughs> I must have been really sleepy. So I ordered one, and they shipped it to me. And it... it it looked decent, you know. The thing that I liked it for was it was an automatic shifter. You didn't have to shift. And riding the bike for me was um, difficult at that time. I was recovering from a surgery, and I bought it intentionally. Um, it would have been great, but the the seat was adjustable. But the, the part that held on the pedals... You, they were the wrong lengths or something, and I couldn't get I couldn't get it going very well. I on a flat surface that was fine, but if I had to do any elevation, it was ridiculous. Mm. So it you might you might have been well. in the wrong gear, or did, maybe there a bad was no fit. Gears. A bad fit. Bad no gears. See, oh, I no, couldn't stand no up gears. on my bike either, so I don't think it's yeah, fitted I right to me. Have... Going up the hill, I couldn't stand up on it. What do you mean you can't stand up I on could... it? I couldn't stand up on the pedals and pedal. I had to do it sitting down, which made it even harder, <laughs> which was fine. That's why I got the bike, but I think I got a bad... A, Thank a bad you, Why don't you try Dave's bike out and see if that fits that you? That would be a good idea. I think you just have to decide, listen, <laughs> I think you just have to decide, do you want to work or not work? I mean, you, you don't want to work at this. You're taking this to a whole different if, place, If you don't want to work, then get your ass on a motorcycle. Yeah. I do want to work. I, 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 that's why I got the bike. You just said you were fat skinny. You, you said I that. I am. because I Then can't... I got to get you some cardio. That's right. All right. We're, okay. we're going to take a break here in a couple minutes. All right. Kick let's, me in the let's butt. Go. That's good. We're on the fourth floor. Kick let's just walk up and down here <laughs> ten times. Ten times? Yeah. Four flights of stairs? I'm in. Yeah. I like doing that Castle Rock steps. Yeah, those are good. We don't have to run up them. You just walk up them. I walk up and down. Your heart, no, I, your heart like rate that. would. Oh, would I know. I've done the Red Rocks before, and that's a heck of a workout. I tell you, we were doing a Broncos game. Uh, this is before you and I worked together. We're in Seattle. Uh, it's the pregame show, and it was like, feel, it feels like the it was the sixth level where our broadcast position was, and I went down for some reason uh, to the to the bottom, and the door that I used got uh, locked. Couldn't couldn't get back mm. up. So I'm panicked. Excuse me. I'm excuse me. I couldn't get the elevator to to come down to the bottom floor. So I'm looking at my watch because I know when my next segment is, and I'm like three minutes from the segment. 
So I'm like, oh, <laughs> hell. So I literally run up the six or seven flight, whatever it was, of stairs. And, dude, I got there, and AJ's like, you're, you're on in 10 seconds. I mean, it was oh. – I was like – and, That'd be hard. Oh, my God. That'd I be mean, it, really hard. Oh, yeah. So I know stairs. I mean, you used to run. I know you did, too. Stairs, stairs are good. In the summers. I mean, it, there's there's very few things better at building I uh, agree. a good butt. That's <laughs> a text. P.S. Takes balance to stand up on a bike. Work on your core. Okay, now, now they're after your core. Yeah, you know what? You've got to call me out on that. I do work on my core. Yeah, he's got a good core. I've got good balance. You do. I just, I'm not a bike person, I guess. Why couldn't you, st- I don't understand how you couldn't stand up. Was your steering wheel, like, not uh, high I enough? Think the, I think the handlebar steering was Steering wheel? I mean, the handlebar. What the hell? I mean, the handlebar. Where are you from? Well, once again, I do not ride a bike. I think the bar was too low when I stood up. I have long legs. And I, so I, I don't think it was fitted right. You just sit there and power through that and thing. And that's what I did, Dave. You would have been proud of me. <laughs> I'm proud of you. You did it. I just want you to do it again. <laughs> and it was the heat of the day, too. Oh, God. Oh, geez. Really? So I you like 100-degree weather. In, what it, are you talking about? It was about? in the 70s. I, got I know. The, I, I did get the most out of it. And I did it twice to go, like, well, maybe this morning just was a bad experience. So I did it the second time later in You've the day. You've already made up your mind. I can tell. Maybe. Gosh, I'm going to give it a shot. I already told you he's not going to ride a bike. I already made the investment. I can't back out now. I mean, I've got well, you, 700 already, bucks. You already it. emailed them and said, can I bring it I back? Know. So, you <laughs> know, they, they said I could trade up is what they told so me. So you're going to spend more money on something you yeah, don't we'll love. See, maybe. I doubt that. You know him, but I'm, I'm saying right now on the he's, 4th of May, whatever, he ain't spending no more money on a bike. Just so you, saying. You think it's gone by the end of the week? I, I think the bike is gone. No trade up? Nope. No trade up. If they give you a tra- if they give you a choice of trade up or give it back and you can get a refund, what would you do? Oh, I take the refund. Yeah, I was going to say that's already been decided. Like yeah. you, you don't know the answer to that question. I already knew that. I said on the May fourth, twenty twenty, Rick Lewis tried a bike and will no longer ride a disappointed. bike ever again. I am. I'm, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> don't get mad. disappointed. I'm, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Uh, Nine twenty five <laughs> is our time. Uh, Doctor Rick Weiner will be our guest. Ten oh six. Uh, our resident psych, uh, psychiatrist, he's headquartered in Atlanta, does uh, our road game stats for us on Denver Broncos football broadcast. And we'll talk about the mental health uh, situation going on. If you'd like to uh, join us at that point, uh, feel free to do so. We lost a great uh, football icon uh, over the weekend. Don Shula, at the age of 90, passed away. And uh, we'll certainly talk about that and more. 926 our time. This is KOA News Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Bicycle, bicycle, bicycle. I want to ride my bicycle. Here you go, Rick. Bicycle. I want to ride my bicycle. I want to ride my bicycle. Play this strictly for you. Yep. 9.38. Welcome back. Yeah, that song, Fat Bottom Girls, too. Remember that one? Susie does. Because we would Susie play. Does? Well, I had nothing to do with it. <clears throat> but when what? Susie debuted as the sports chick on uh, the show The Sports Zoo, yeah. that Scott and I did, uh, somehow, someway, magically, every time she would come on, they, Fat fat Bottom Girls, really? the theme song would be her Playing? music bed. Yes. Does she thinks she's got a fat butt? I'm not sure she thought so. I can't remember who did I think don't so. think she does at all. No, no, no. Well, not. Listen, I have no way out of this. You, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm in trouble here in a corner. So I'm just, I'm, I'm choosing. Somebody to... who ever chose the music bed would 
Yeah, but this was how many years ago? This is 20 years ago. Yeah. And she'd hear it. She'd start talking. <laughs> she'd be doing a sports update. And then it'd be like. <laughs> <laughs> We'd get this look really? like, really? 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 Because I, she's really fit. She I, is, no, no, no. But you, yes. But so it was more of a joke. But whoever was running the board. Yeah. So um, I, I think I think you guys are looking at this the wrong way. I don't think it was a negative connotation. Maybe. Thank you, Grant. Maybe it was a positive thing. Thank you. Thing. You know, I, mm. I, I'd like to uh, I'd like to take one of my lifelines now. <laughs> uh, Just trying no, to dig you out of the this, weeds. We appreciate there. it. This was like 20 years ago. So we were all different. People 20, 20 yes. years ago, sure. right? Yes, of course. Yeah. Of course yeah. we were. Yeah, we change. I wish somebody would use that for me, my bed, Grant. You want to be fat bottom girl? She would love it. Oh, my big gosh. Man. She would be like. She's going to be flat bottom girl. No, that's not a fun one, Dave. Flat bottom girl. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, Conrad and Aurora joins us on KOA News Radio 940 on this Monday morning. Morning, Conrad. Good morning, Dave. Been listening to you for quite a while. I figured I'd call in and uh, help out. Good to help uh, have you, Conrad. <laughs> it has to do with uh, exercise. You kind of poo-pooed walking mm-hmm. a golf course. No, I just said it would not. I mean, walking a golf course is good exercise, but I don't necessarily think it's an aerobic adventure that really raises your heart rate the way that other exercise does. Well, well, I'll tell you what it does do. I remember I used to play basketball over the Washington Park uh, Rec Center. Yep. They had a chart up for calorie burning. Mm-hmm. And if you walk 18 holes with a bag, golf, club, golf clubs, you burn more calories in two hours of hard basketball. Did you know that? Uh, I didn't know that. And I, you, I think it, it, you get good cardio walking, especially carrying your clubs. It's a. Yeah, seven, that, that about makes seven, sense. Seven miles. I, yeah. I don't. I don't know if it. If you get more cardio, then depends on what kind of basketball game you're in. But I mean, I think. I think. Yeah, it makes sense if you're carrying your clubs and you're walking 18 holes. It stands to reason that you're going to burn a lot of calories. Absolutely. Yeah. And there, it's one thing to burn calories. Sometimes. It's another thing to get your heart rate up. You yeah. Know, 160, 170 beats a minute. I can't get mine that high. I. I really? Nope. Well, you're really fit. Well, no, I don't you're know. Amazing, you really are. No, I'm not. I'm really not. I mean, Conrad, thanks a lot for the call, and I think Conrad is right. No, I, I don't say that to be to have somebody say you're amazing. I mean, I I try to get my heart rate up to that level, and honest, it just won't go. Wow, it's it is interesting because we've done some things together. Well, that thing we did with Doctor Spallone, where you were trying to kill me on that. Oxygen deprivation. Thing. I felt bad for Rick on that deal. That, well, you did it first. Yeah, and and I I get my heart rate up to one sixty at the gym. I do intervals, you know, uh, on a cardio machine. But uh, you, we did this thing. It, it's balloons, and I think my heart rate there might have got up to about a buck eighty. Yeah, are you like, running or are you on a bike? He's on a bike, on a but bike. He's, he, it's an oxygen oxygen deprivation thing where. They will shut off all the air. Okay. They force your heart rate up, and it's it's it's. I mean, I'm not even sure all of it, but yeah, you you. I mean, and he he did it for a while. I almost I'm thinking, panicked. Yeah, and, and I'm thinking, oh hell, I got to do this next. I'm not doing this. You had no problem with it. Well, because I I'm thinking I got to do it now that he did it, but I was worried about doing it. I I I don't know. I don't know what that is. It just doesn't. It. How it, long did you go for? What? Seven, eight, nine minutes, something like that, with no eye. They, 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 they have this mask on you. So it makes you feel like you're in the mountains. And they cut them. They cut the oxygen off, mm-hmm. um, 
where you, now you you can't get enough oxygen. So it's oxygen deprivation that at some point after they flood your body with it, then they open it up and your 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 body just gets and brain gets flooded with oxygen. That's mm-hmm. the concept. But when it was shut off, there was a I, I almost panicked. Then I Dave, felt like I was being like suffocated. And then Dave was running. Dave did. No, I get on. He did I, really well on the bike. On, on the bike. But I. But again, I I don't know. I don't know what that means if you can't even when you take a physical, mm-hmm. right? Or even when you because I have a. You know, I go in and get my heart tested every year because of one thing. And so they, when they, when they will give you a stress test, that's running on the treadmill. On the treadmill, I, I can't get that heart rate. You know what? Right before to go high enough. Wow. I did my IVF. I did the same thing, and you're only supposed to run ten minutes, right? Right. I was in thirty-five minutes. I still couldn't get my heart rate to the point that it was at. And he goes. You still want to run? I go, I don't know. I'm at a 10 right now. Yeah. You always worry when the cardiologist is asking <laughs> you questions about do you what you want to do. Like, do you think yeah. you want to still run? I'm like, um, well, isn't this supposed to be like a 10-minute run? And yeah. he goes, and he's like, you need to continue to run because I couldn't get mine to the level. So I, I really don't know what that means. Maybe some people just... I think it's probably good. Probably well, a good thing that you, maybe you're, you're just very cardio fit. I don't know. I mean, maybe. Chad in Denver joins us on KOA News Radio. Morning, Chad. Good morning, everyone. How are you? We're good. So I have a um, a general tax return question. My wife and I filed our uh, we electronically filed our taxes on February sixteenth, mm-hmm. and we got our state return pretty quickly. We are still waiting for our federal return, and I've got the IRS um, app on my phone. I check it daily, and it just keeps telling me it's still being processed. But we can't, I can't get a hold of anybody because you can't call the IRS anymore. I don't know if I could email somebody. I, I really don't know. I mean, it's, it's May the 4th. I, I'm starting to wonder if it got pushed aside or lost somewhere. I know I, we, did the, we did the earned income tax credit and the additional child credit, which I understand might uh, lengthen the process, but I mean, this is ridiculous. Well, you know what? We're we're not uh, we're not qualified to answer that question because we we I mean obviously don't have a good answer for you. Two things that I would recommend: we can pass along Bill Berger's uh, contact information. He's a labor lawyer that you might call him and just ask him. The second thing would be: I'm I'm guessing you do not employ an accountant or a CPA to do your taxes. You you do your taxes by yourself. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You and your wife? Yeah, we we do it online by ourselves. You know what? Given given kind of where we are and the fact you filed in February and this is May, I mean, I might I might uh, through your friends or whatever get a couple of references for good solid accountants and just call them with oh. that question. I thought I read somewhere okay. that the IRS was looking to hire more people. Uh, I I believe because of all the shutdowns, their offices are a lot of people just not there right now and that they're they're behind right. a bit i so i i think that's probably what's going on right now and they just spent uh, all their money or time and energy on that bailout going out to people you know the stimulus checks uh which yeah. i believe went through the irs i think they're just focused on other things right now yeah i mean everybody that i've talked to they've they've all gotten theirs and it did not it didn't take long really i okay. did read I did read one thing about, you know, there could be a delay with the earned income credit and the additional child credit. I don't know if that just takes special extra review for which they don't have the staff to do it right now. Right. But no, I will. I, I was just calling for you know any kind of advice because, um, like I said, I didn't know who to call or, sure. or where to turn because I, I literally can't get a hold of anybody with the IRS. So. Yeah, that's any, uh, any ch- help would be appreciated. Chad, if you'll hang on, uh, Millennial Grant's going to give you the contact information for Bill Berger, uh, and and Bill, I'm I'm certain could be of assistance to you in that regard for sure. So, but that would that would be frustrating if you filed in February and you're getting you're supposed to get some yeah. money back. Yeah, yeah and you could use it right now. No yeah. kidding, no kidding. Uh, we continue on KOA News Radio at 9:48, and Dan in Aurora joins us with Dave, Rick, and Kathy. Morning, Dan. Hey guys. Um... Over the weekend, several national talk shows have um, kind of jumped on this, and I checked it out. He apparently confirms it. In 1968, the Hong Kong flu killed over a million worldwide and over 100,000 victims in the U.S. Not one business was closed. They talk more about Woodstock and, you know, Vietnam War. But the bottom line is, I think there is a very political aspect to this whole thing. We've got the mayor of Denver keeps extending and extending. Other ones are doing it. And yet, I mean, I have to seriously wonder. I have a compromised immune system from stuff, bad stuff the VA did to me. I go out. I don't listen to the governor. I go out and do what I need to do every day sometimes. So let, let me – Dan, let me, let me ask you this. You said you think there's a political component – involved here so in, in in a brief way so in in well, your in, in, what, in your in your world what 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 are you talking about what Pelosi so, was overheard this weekend killing a group of democrats that we can't remove the restrictions now because that would help trump improve the economy and be like re-electing him so she Bingo. she was she th- there's there's tape of uh her actually of saying that it didn't make fox news or nbc or cbs but apparently, she told a group. But where, I mean, where did you, where did you see that? Is my question. It was on Facebook and stuff. But the thing is, is 
is it, it, it ties right into what they're doing because you got at least states like Texas is one end of the spectrum and, and then say Georgia and uh, you got Sweden versus um, nearby in Norway. Sweden did the herd immunity, nothing closed. And their figures are very close to Norway that did a shutdown. Hmm. And it's like, Again, it goes to herd immunity. You probably heard the term bounce around a little bit. Oh, yeah. But again, I think they're doing political implications in this stuff, Dave. And I really, I go on about my business. And when I see people sneeze in a grocery store or cough, I turn around and I go a couple aisles over and get away from those droplets. Well, Dan, Dan thanks a lot for the call. Um, listen, the longer, the longer this thing sort of drags out, the more pressure people uh, are under. And so uh, we all then have the ability to sort of decide on our own what's happening. So I don't know. I, I think if you ask me, are there, are there people on the left that would like to see Donald Trump under any circumstances not be reelected? I would say that's, that's quite obvious to me. If, if you said, and they're willing to perpetuate um, uh, a hoax on this country with respect to the, the COVID-19 pandemic, I'm not ready to go there. I'm, I'm just not. I, I think that we're all kind of stuck in a similar situation. And I think there are people that are genuinely concerned about reopening too soon. And I also think I understand with respect to some states that have not been hit hard, them trying to reopen at a way or in a way that would be safe or as safe as they could possibly have it. I mean, I, I, I see both sides of this, really. But, but I don't think it's – I mean, I'm just not ready to em, embrace the first. I saw something last week about Orange County. You know, they opened their beaches for a day, and then the governor made them shut them down. Orange County, which has almost 4 million people in the county, which is about, uh, what is, the whole state of Colorado has 5 million. And so these are 4 million people living really close together. They only had 50 deaths from coronavirus. Hmm. 50 in the whole county of almost 4 million people, and they're completely shut down. Is that because they shut down maybe, earlier? Maybe I mean, some, they shut some down would say, us. well, that's because they shut down. But other places have shut down, too, mm. and had way more, including Colorado. So I, I, and yeah. that's why people, some people there are, they've had about enough. Yeah. I know that. I have, I have family out there. They're like, hey, we're not doing this anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, what's the, what, what, what's the point of this? Is it wasn't, it wasn't bad there. And for some reason, California, with 40 million people, they did shut down early, but they haven't they haven't had a really had it bad like some other places. Well, California shut. I mean, really, I mean, Gavin Newsom did a good job. Even President Trump has given credit by name to Gavin yeah. Newsom, who's mm-hmm. who's the governor of California. He's a Democrat. I think they shut down two weeks before we did. They did. So, I mean, I don't remember if it was two weeks or whatever, but they shut down they well did. before yeah, we did. Yeah, we were on vac- we, you know, we went on vacation when everything was kind. Of, and California had sh- already shut down yeah. at that point. And we were, I think, about a week behind, maybe maybe less than that. I think maybe three days behind them. You can check that. Yeah, let me look at easily that. enough. No, I think it was more than three days for, for this state for Colorado. Yeah, Colorado was one of the one of the first to follow. I don't think Colorado was. I, I could be wrong. 
In the meantime, Kathy will look that Tom in the Springs joins us on KOA, last minute of the first hour. What's up, Tom? Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Hey, I got a, a question for Rick, if that's okay. I used to bike and hike and run and all that stuff, but now I'm looking at a motorcycle. And, however, I'm about 70, So, uh, but I was looking at these trikes, the Can-Ams and these mm-hmm. other ones. I'm just kind of wondering what your thoughts are about those types of motorcycles. I think they're great. I think they're great. There's, there's a, a product called the Slingshot that Polaris makes. Uh, take a look at that. That's a really popular machine right now. That's a three-wheeler. Uh, it looks like a sports car. Um, but it's considered uh-huh. a motorcycle. The trikes, you know, honestly, I've never ridden a trike. But if I get to the point in my life where, uh, you know, for various health issues or or injuries, right. uh, I would I would ride one, and I would get one just so I could keep riding. And I, I do know people that have them and they like them. And you could, you know, they're well made and they're very expensive. Just so you know that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm just. Because I'm hearing with the heavy winds here in Colorado, and if I get a motorcycle, it's probably going to be something heavy uh, for the, to, to take, you know, to just work with the winds here. And if it gets too heavy, it's just going to be too heavy for me. Yeah, so I think you'll be fine. If, that, if, if that's your only option, I, I, I would recommend it. Thank you, Tom. And you know you're not going to, it's not going to go down. You can still get hit by another vehicle, but you're not going to drop it. You're not going to, you're not going to come off of it unless you get hit by another vehicle which is possible it's about a week the difference between colorado and a week week. Hmm. yeah so not much yeah 955 is our time dr rick weiner will join us at 1006 you will take your calls at 303-713-8585 may is mental health month and we'll uh, kick that off on koa Back at 10.06 on KOA News Radio. Good to have you with us. Dave Logan, Rick Lewis, and Kathy Lee on this Monday morning. Our contact number is 303-713-8585. Don Shula, the legendary Miami Dolphins coach, and, and prior to that, the head coach of the Baltimore Colts, passing away at the age of 90. Uh, he died this morning. Um, and so you, you think about some of the things that, uh, that Coach Shula was able to accomplish Won more games than anybody uh, in NFL history. 347 wins, if you include both regular season and postseason. Two Super Bowl titles, back-to-back, by the way, 72 and 73. He was a head coach in the NFL for 33 years. So uh, some accomplishments, I think, with Don Shula uh, will never be matched. His overall record, uh, regular season record, with the Colts and the Dolphins, 328 wins against 156 losses and six ties. I mean, that's a winning percentage of about 68%, which is seventh best in the NFL, uh, with a minimum of 10 seasons being coached. Total legend. He was a player, too, before he became a coach. Yeah. Uh, was Played it with the, the Browns. Or Browns. Was it Browns? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And don't – how many sons – a coach in the uh, NFL, Mike, Mike and David, Mike and David. Yep. So two of them, Mike and David for sure. So we got a chance to uh, talk with hall of fame wide receiver, Paul Warfield coming up here a little bit later in the show. And Paul, of course, a, a great player with, uh, with some of those dolphins teams and experienced 
Coach Shula up close and personal. Uh, May, of course, Mental Health Awareness Month. We are in May. This is May 4th. Dr. Rick Weiner has been a guest on our show uh, quite a bit the last month or so. Uh, Doc is a uh, practicing psychiatrist in Atlanta. He's also our statistician, world-class statistician uh, on Broncos road games. He he does most of the road games that uh, that Rick and Susie and I do. We welcome uh, Doc to the show. Doc, good to see you. Good morning. How are you? I am doing well. It's uh, great being on the show again with you and Rick and Kathy. And hope everybody's feeling well today on this Monday morning. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I mean, we're we're trying to uh, we're trying to remain optimistic. It, it looks like uh, you know there's a little reason for optimism, and as long as we can be careful about uh, you know how this is re uh, how, how as a country and individual states are are going to reopen. Are you are you feeling any more optimism from your particular practice, or is, is that something that maybe uh, it's a little bit too soon to know? I think it's a little early. I think there might be cautious optimism, but I know we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves when it comes to this right now because, you know, the analogy that comes to my mind, this is going to be like turning on a dimmer switch and not an on-off switch. Mm. It's going to be very gradual in nature, and hopefully the more we turn that dimmer switch, the more light shines and we're able to do more, but it's going to be gradual. And there's a lot ahead of us that uh, remains uncertain. I think the only thing that's certain that we're going through right now is uncertainty. That's the other thing, that it's still so up in the air. I, I like the idea of having ideas in our minds as far as when things might resume a greater sense of normalcy. But to come up with a specific date at this point, I think it's really, really tough. And uh, I think it, it's encouraging on the one hand but we can't lose sight of the overall picture that we still have quite a ways to go. Hey, Rick, good to hear your voice again. It's Rick Lewis. Likewise. Here. Thank you, Rick. Um, let's talk about uncertainty and, and embracing uncertainty, which is a challenge for almost everybody and something that I've had to work on at times in my life as well. Can you give us any, you know, any advice or, or maybe some tips on how to embrace uncertainty? Because it's, it's really important to be able to do that in a healthy way to get through tough times? Probably the most important thing initially is just to acknowledge the fact that there is uncertainty and that we can accept that as much as we like to have a greater sense of control in our own lives. There are some things. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply just have to kind of make adjustments along the way. It's sort of like, you know, the team that goes into the locker room at halftime and they're trailing. If you don't make any adjustments along the way, then you're probably doomed to continue to repeat the same things that got you behind uh, in the first half anyway. So, uh, you know, we, we have to be accepting of that and then, you know, look for things that do give us a greater sense of control. And they might be small things, but even deciding, okay, today I'm going to make sure that I watch certain television shows I know you've been doing some, to watch that at a certain time. Uh, again, the idea of having something to look forward to during the course of the day. That, at least, you can be a little more certain about that. You can make a conscious decision, this is what we're going to have for dinner this evening. And although that seems very mundane on the one hand, I think it is helpful because that at least gives us a greater sense of control and it provides some sense of certainty in these very uncertain times. We're talking to uh, Dr. Rick Weiner, a practicing psychiatrist located in Atlanta. Doc is uh, our statistician on Broncos road games on our broadcast. Yeah, I was just wondering, if, based on your experience, and you, you've, you've, done, uh, you've worked in the mental health field for a long, long time. When you That's think true. back, do you, do, you, do you have anything to compare what, from a, from a mental health standpoint and from your practice, anything to compare what you are dealing with right now that has happened in the past? The episodes that I can think of would be probably the immediate aftermath of 9-11, when there was tremendous uncertainty. We saw these towers come tumbling down, not knowing what was going to happen next. That was certainly a time of great anxiety, although my sense is that in some parts of the country that might not have been felt quite the same way as it might have been on the East Coast where the actual events took place. But nonetheless, there was greater anxiety. And I certainly think that the economic downturn in the 2008-2009 times were extremely anxiety-provoking for a greater number of people. But I think what really distinguishes this pandemic is that everyone is affected. You know, it really doesn't matter about what part of the country you live in. It doesn't matter how much money is in your bank accounts and your 401ks or whatever. This is something that can hit everybody. And that, I think, really has taken it to a totally different level. And uh, one survey that was done, actually, I think at the end of March, indicated that you know, two-thirds of the people who responded felt like everything was out of their control at this point. That's a really staggering percentage when you think about it. Hey, Rick, we hear about, uh, about what they call the tipping point, and that's the point where the uh, aftermath, I guess is a good word, of the mitigation uh, and it will be worse than the coronavirus itself where, you know, the number of suicides go up and domestic violence and drinking and drugs, depression, all of that, uh, jobs lost. You're on the front lines of, of mental health 
Do you think we're getting close to that right now? Well, the tipping point is so individualized. I've always been fascinated over the course of my 35 years in practice how some people can deal with incredibly traumatic events and sort of come out on the other side remarkably healthy, functioning at an extremely good level, and then other people with stresses that they're dealing with that would come across as being not quite as traumatic in a way, just have a horrendous time dealing with them. So there's just no way to predict. And again, it is so individualized, but clearly when people have a tough time functioning, whether it's in their day-to-day life, whether it's occupational or it's dealing with family members, social aspects, which now are very, very different than they had been just six weeks ago, then, you know, it, it really does set people up. And in that case, there really isn't an aftermath at the moment. We're in the midst of it right now. And we really don't know when that aftermath will be because so many people are still experiencing such difficulties, whether or not they have actually had the COVID-19 themselves. Interesting. In your experience, why, why we're all obviously individuals and our, you know, our DNA is different, we're wired differently, but why, in your experience, are some people more likely to be able to deal with various stressors in their life and, as you said, come out on the other side and, and really be okay, where others, uh, you know, it's almost a crippling effect with respect to how they view it and what it does to them psychologically and even uh, a lot of times physically as well. True, and that's where the mind-body connection certainly uh, comes into play. And and certainly during this Mental Health Awareness Month, that's something we do have to keep in mind, that if we're having emotional concerns and issues, it can have such an impact on us physically. So, you know, that, that we really have to be mindful. And I don't I just find that uh, some people, it's just their psychological makeup. That's just who they are, that they handle things uh, under stressful situations more easily. I have to believe there are genetic factors as well, because anxiety disorders and depression, substance abuse problems do tend to have greater predispositions among those who might have a family history for it as well. So it's sort of hard to go against the genes in a sense, but just because there's the genetic predisposition doesn't automatically mean you're going to experience these symptoms. So you really have to sort of take it as it comes. And, and you know, some people are much more willing to try to seek help, and others are going to take a much more stoic approach to it. And maybe they were raised in a family environment where you basically pulled yourself up by the bootstraps. Mm. And that, I think, is a little dangerous times like this. The way I look at it, you should not look at having a difficulty right now from an emotional standpoint as being a weakness. I think the weakness is more not doing something about it, not trying to help yourself. Is that, is, that gender, is that gender-based more times than not? Well, I will say, in my years of practice, at, when I first started, I would say probably three-fourths of my patients were female. But I would say now it's probably closer to 60-40. So there has been a perceptible change over the years in the number of male patients who are willing to sort of put aside some of that macho approach or that pull-yourself-up-by-the-bootstraps approach and say, okay, 
I need to do something about this. And I do think that because of some of the advances we've seen from a biological, biochemical, medication standpoint, there's probably less of a stigma attached to it. But the way I look at it right now, it is not a sign of weakness to be experiencing heightened anxiety right now. And if you do something about it, to me, that's a tremendous sign of strength for an individual. Yeah, I I think, you know, you can put the work in. You mentioned that. Work on it. Work on yourself. Uh, There's ways that you can do that. Training certainly helps. And I'm reminded of uh, there was a time when I got a chance to train with some Navy SEALs for a couple of days, and they were telling all of these war stories. And and, and I, I asked them, I said, you know, how could you have lived through that? Because there's nothing more traumatic that any of us will ever go through than these guys went through in combat. And I said, how could you have lived through that and have such a great attitude about it? And he said, training. He said, that's what we're trained for. You know, all, all of the mental training they put guys like that through. So just on the, on the human level, for everybody else, yeah, there's things we can do. And, and that's why, you know, people like you can help help yourself right. to be able to resolve these type of issues internally and just and put yourself in a good place mentally. And acknowledging it, again, that's half the battle. I mean, I've often told patients on an initial visit, the fact that you walk through the door into my office, that's probably the biggest step you can take at this point because you have at least acknowledged even if you might have been strongly encouraged by family members or colleagues or coworkers to come in, that you've actually done that, you have taken a major step already. So let's not lose sight of that. And now let's see what can we do to try to help make things better. And certainly during this time frame that we're living in, uh, we all are feeling that heightened anxiety and that uncertainty. And, and it's okay to, to admit that, and it's okay to perhaps confide in a close friend, a family member, someone you, you just feel comfortable talking to, and acknowledging, look, uh, I'm having a tough time. This isn't easy. And I know there's the old psychiatry joke where, you know, a psychiatrist uh, sees a patient, the patient says, hi, how am I? And right now I think what we need to be asking is, hi, how are you? And, and reach out mm. to people we know and, and just sort of check in and say, you know, how are things going? And even though you might not be in a position to do something in the way of professional treatment or whatever, you can at least listen. That's very helpful. And then, if necessary, mention maybe you should meet with a professional in this area. And, and it's okay to do that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Doc, there, there's a report today that uh, the NFL will cancel their 2020 international games. Uh, we haven't corroborated that that report yet. Uh, it hasn't even been officially announced here in Denver, but we we certainly believe that uh, the Broncos and the Falcons were set to uh, do battle in London. That was an Atlanta home game. So if, in fact, this report is true and if there aren't any international games to be played this NFL season, then uh, you, you won't have to travel far for one of the Broncos road games. Well, that would be quite a treat, I must say. I, I'm so used to going to road games. I sometimes think if I ever am scheduled to work a game in Atlanta, that I'm worried that I'll drive right past the stadium and head to the airport. <laughs> uh, because it, it happens so rarely that I actually uh, do end up working games in Atlanta, although I, I do get that chance, especially when those are primetime games, like Monday night or Thursday night games. Right. Don't 
interfere with my uh, Sunday assignments, you might say. But, you know, you mentioned with, with football, I, I can't help but think, too, talking about Don Shula, I, I know the greatest football game I ever witnessed in person was the Christmas Day 71 game Kansas between City. the Dolphins and the Chiefs mm-hmm. in Kansas City. Still the longest game ever played. Oh, you were there. I was there. I was in the press box working at that game, helping the public relations director for the Chiefs. And it was a fantastic game, even though my hometown team lost. It was still the greatest game I've ever seen in person. And knowing that I believe the total now is 17 people associated with that game for the two teams, whether owners, coaches, players, 17 are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Wow. Out of the, what, 330 or thereabouts that are in there. And earlier that day, on that Christmas Day, the Cowboys and Vikings had a playoff game as well. And I believe there are 16 from that game who are Mm. in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So on that one day, when only two games were played, you have representation, 10% of those who are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And, of course, Coach Shula was... Uh, the coach for the Dolphins at that game, and uh, that that was a remarkable, remarkable game. And I guess maybe the the lesson for all of us when we're thinking about a game like that and thinking about a career like Coach Shula's with respect to what's going on right now is the idea of continuity, of staying with it, staying on, on track. Mm-hmm. You know, he had 347 wins, as you were saying, and and he coached for different teams, and he played – he, but he was consistent. He was in the game for years. I had a chance to meet him a couple of times when he would come up to the, the press box of games that I might have been working, uh, Monday night games or something like that in Miami. And he, he really was a giant among, among the coaches. And you know, it's uh, very sad to hear, but fortunately uh, we got to wait 90 years before we could be saddened by the news of his death, that's yeah. for sure. That's, that's, uh, that's for sure. A great one indeed. Doc, always a pleasure catching up with you. We uh, continue to uh, hope that you are well, you and your family, and uh, we'll look forward to touching base here sometime soon. Well, I look forward to it, and uh, thank you. And, and again, uh, everyone stay the course and stay healthy. Absolutely. Thank you, Rick. That's uh, Dr. Rick Weiner, practicing psychiatrist in Atlanta, who's been our guest several times here on our show. 1025 is our time. Dave Logan, Rick Lewis, and Kathy Lee. Good morning. This is KOA News Radio and on the iHeartRadio app. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Show 1037. That song, uh, pretty poignant today. 50 years ago today was the uh, Kent State shooting. Gosh. I mean, that, that just, I saw that and then we were talking about it and I'm thinking, wait, that was 50 years ago? That was Hard a half believe. century ago. Hard That's to how believe. fast it goes. And, and the, the decade of the 60s was even crazier and more intense than I think what we're going through right now. We had, you know, leaders assassinated, riots in most of the major cities to go along with the protest. Uh, And then it culminated in in that event at Kent State. National Guard called out for student protesters and they shoot them, Mm -hmm. shot four of them. Neil Young uh, ended up seeing the pictures of these kids that were killed in Life magazine, and he wrote the song, like, right away. They recorded that song on May 21st, so just actually less than three weeks later, they recorded that song in the studio, uh, all of them together, all four of them. They recorded it what they call live, which is how they used to do it all back then, where everybody's in the same room, Mm. and they said they did it in just a couple takes, and it turned out to be maybe their most iconic song. All inspired by what happened at Kent State. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, well, you and I both probably, I was in middle school, I think, ninth grade maybe. But I, I remember I remember reading reading about that and just thinking, wow, they, they just, um, these students just got shot and killed. And there were four that got killed. Were there others that were wounded? I think so. I think so, too. I think too. there were, yeah. And I lived in Ohio at the time. Were you dating? I was in Columbus, Columbus at that time, and I, I'll never forget it. And you remember the protest, even as a kid, I'm sure, in the 60s, and we were both uh, very young at the time, but mm-hmm. the protests, the riots, I don't know if you ever had riots here in Denver, but we had them uh, in, in Detroit, of course, when I lived there. Then we moved to Columbus, and they had them on the campus of Ohio State as well mm. uh, that I saw. Um, but that was like a regular thing, and it was all over the Vietnam War. Well, they they did have protests uh, of, the, of CU. So there was protests everywhere during that time. I, I don't know if there school? was. I don't know if there were protests everywhere, but I just remember uh, there were protests in Boulder. 
Um, there's nine injured during that. Four killed. Four nine killed, injured. nine injured. Yep. Huh. It just, I mean, what strikes me about that, I mean, obviously, um, the impact of, of seeing National Guardsmen shoot students and kill them, that, that's, that, that strikes me. But the fact that it's been 50 years, mm-hmm. you know, driving in, I heard that today, and I'm thinking, man, 50 years ago, and I, I, I absolutely, you know, s- certain things in history, you know, you either don't remember vividly or you weren't born yet, you know, but with this, you, you, I, we, we all have, Rick and I have certainly memories of that, uh, and that was 50 years ago. And then you ended up um, just a few years later at your summer training camp for the Cleveland Browns yep. on the Kent State campus. Yep. And that was not lost on us. I, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we, I remember even having conversations about that uh, in in the dining hall with players. You know, it's one thing about an NFL team. Everybody comes from different backgrounds, uh, different races, your your circumstances different. Now you're all sort of piled into this thing they call a team. Um, and you can learn a lot about people. You can learn a lot about yourself just sitting there having having conversations um, about stuff. But I remember talking uh, about that incident with players, and this was, what, six or seven years later. Is there a plaque or something up where this happened or I, I, any I, type of memorial? I, I think there I, – I would guess there has to be. I don't remember seeing one because we, we were – I mean, listen, we, we trained there, but our existence basically was in the dorm room, and you know, there was a couple of local – hangouts where you could go get you know adult beverage quickly at night and then the practice field and it wasn't like the certainly wasn't a kent ohio's not a a budding metropolis right i don't think they even had a movie theater i don't if they did we never saw it yeah kind of a weird part of ohio there's nothing really there Hmm. between cleveland and buffalo i guess maybe or Pittsburgh would Pittsburgh uh, be closer? Gosh, I would be. I would be. No, I think. I think that would be closer. I think Kent would be closer to. Wait a minute. I think it'd be closer to Buffalo. Yeah, me it? too. Yeah, northeastern Ohio. Yeah, I would say Buffalo. We drove right by there that a couple years ago, when we flew into Cleveland, drove to Buffalo. Remember that trip? I do remember that trip. Yeah. Didn't somebody drive you guys? Yeah. Yeah, my friend Doug. Why didn't you guys rent a car? Because he he was going to go spot. Oh, for the game during the game. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, so he's like, I'll just pick you up in Cleveland. We'll drive. Oh, that's and, nice. and Cleveland to Buffalo is like what two hours? Oh, it's Co- not that. Oh, that's hours. not far. A couple Cle- hours. Yeah. Cleveland to Pittsburgh driving is two hours. So oh. I mean, it's it's amazing. I had no idea. Cleveland to Chicago driving is about four. Cleveland to Lake Erie. That's where my. In-laws are Cleveland's from. right Cle- on Lake Cleveland Erie. is right on Lake yeah, Erie. Yeah, so it's like that's where they said to fly into. I flew in Detroit and then flew into Lake Erie. You mean right. Erie. Oh, Erie, Pennsylvania. Erie, Pennsylvania. Yeah, Pennsylvania. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, you don't want to fly into Lake Erie. No, no, not mm-hmm. at all. But Erie, Pennsylvania, of all places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so 303-713-8585 is, is the number. Dave, Rick, and Kathy with you. Don Shula passes away this morning at the age of 90. We... Uh, Hopefully we'll catch up with Paul Warfield uh, coming up here in a few minutes. We may talk with the Dolphins play-by-play voice, Jimmy Cephalo, former wide receiver for the Dolphins, who actually played for Coach Shula. 
So uh, hopefully coming up here in the next hour and 15 minutes. A couple of other football notes. Uh, the Dolphins, it was just reported, are open to cutting down their stadium attendance to about 15,000 so that they can have fans in the stands for the games in the fall. I wonder how they'll do that. That's the first team I've heard even talk about that. Because there's going to be 7,000 people that are really unhappy at, at Miami home games. You don't think they draw more than – I thought the Dolphins drew well. Well – The Marlins they, don't they have, all, they haven't. They haven't drawn all that well That's lately. true. We just played there a couple years ago, and yeah. it was about half full. I, I may be, yeah. Rick, underestimating a bit by, by 22,000, but yeah. So uh, I wonder if other teams will – I would think – They'll do whatever they can to play NFL this year. I wonder how, like, for we haven't heard anything that the Broncos will be doing this, although we, we can confirm that the international games have been canceled this year, so no NFL teams will be playing abroad, including the Broncos and the Falcons. That game was scheduled to take place in London unofficially. So, but you you look at... Um, I just lost my train of thought. Where, where, where was I going? Uh, cutting the stadium. Oh, yeah, cutting the stadium. Attendance. So yeah. if the Broncos, who who average, I mean, they, they have sellouts. They have a, a streak of consecutive sellouts that is the best in the NFL. How would they go about, if they had to, cutting that stadium into, what, quarters or thirds or well, halves? Could you just only have, because season ticket holders have already paid their season tickets, right? So you'd have to keep all their that, seats. That is correct. So maybe you just don't have anybody else but season ticket holders in the stands. But man, season I mean, I think Denver has the the largest or see one of the many, largest groups of season tough. ticket holders. But if if they're all in the same family, which I'm sure a lot of cases that's how it is, maybe if you're live in the same household, you can sit your four seats together. But if you don't, maybe then you gotta, you know, split up around the stadium. How are they gonna determine that? That's gonna be really mm. difficult. Yeah, I don't know. I'd... Really difficult. The NFL's talking, and we saw this report over the weekend, Dave and I uh, talked about it uh, off the air, that they're talking, they're planning on playing in front of fans this fall. That's their plan. Yep, that's the goal. And they have several contingency backup plans that they've already discussed ready to go. And a part of the story that uh, we read over the weekend is they they said that, you know, you, you can't, it's difficult to have uh, the football experience without fans in the stands. And, and they said, you don't have to go to the game. Like, if you're uncomfortable, they're not making you go to the game, which makes me think they'll give you money back. Well, they would have to. Yeah, they'd give you, right. and, and like, you know, I, I can't go. I'm afraid to go. They're not saying, no, you got to go. Or, are you talking like, give you your money back for your season tickets? or your... I, I don't know, but I would think. But would you lose your priority if you didn't take him for that year? Uh, I think they'd make an, accept, an exception for you. Mm. It's, it's, it's going to really be tricky, though. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be yeah. tricky. I think much more tricky in a in a city like Denver, which draws a ton of fans, sellouts every single home game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you're not going to be able to accommodate all of the fans, you're going to accommodate a certain percentage of those. A, how do you determine how that works? And B, do you do you refund? Season ticket uh, money for those that. What, what about somebody says I don't want to go? See, then, I don't. I don't want to go. Might not get you a season, season refund. refund. I doubt it. You'd probably have to give up your priority number. You could do where season tickets are only what you have four, eight home games. You only get four. You get to choose the four that you want to go to, and then you only pay for four, right? Well, you've got eight plus the two, so but, the, now, but now the preseason, we're not even sure what that looks like. Okay, so you just say you have the eight. Just yep. say that you only get four. 
games. You get to pick four. Four games. But what what, hap- what happens because you look at who comes games. in, the most popular games. Or maybe they just said you only get every other game. Each season ticket holder only gets every other or something. Huh. Or you get the first four games and then they do the first. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that would be at least you get four games. That's right? going to be a challenge for sure. Uh, 303-713-8585. We were talking about Kent State, the fact that uh, when I played for the Browns, we used to train on campus and whether or not there there are memorials there from the 330, which is back in Ohio, 987, there's memorials where each individual student died. My sister was in a dorm at Kent as one of them was in the parking lot. Uh, from the 720-289, a walking tour, they also have audio of the tour online. And then from the 720-289, they have a big memorial. Mm. So You would think. Huh? Yeah, you would think. Yeah. That was a big deal. Why was it that school in particular? Was that the one who had the biggest protest? No. I, I don't know I don't think how so. that thing escalated so quickly. I'm not even sure why the National Guard was called in. Um, I, you know, I don't know. From the 720-289, my daughter is a freshman now at Kent. She's now back home here in Denver. They had lots of events on campus canceled. Obviously, they also have required reading. The The book is called 13 Seconds. That's the amount of time the National Guard spent shooting. Okay. The other weird part of that story is the guys in the National Guard are college-age guys in a lot of cases. Yes. They're about the same age as these kids, and here they are called in to try to stop this disruption, and they end up shooting basically people their same age. That had to be really, really hard for those guys, the guys that pulled the trigger. No doubt that about day that. As well. Robert joins us on KOA News Radio with Dave, Rick, and Kathy. Morning, Robert. Good morning, Dave. How you doing? We're good, thanks. Yeah. You know what? I've, I've been waiting a long time to talk to you about certain things that's happening in sports. And the one is the counting of pitches. When did they start that? Counting pitches with the, uh, the pitchers. I think they always... I'm guessing they've always counted pitchers, pitches, but it's become much more of a thing since uh, starting pitchers are evaluated differently and don't don't go nearly as deep into games, and um, you know, with with middle inning relief becoming so important. I mean, the, the the starting pitchers' roles in Major League Baseball obviously have dramatically changed, but I'm thinking like when that change took place growing up as a kid back in the mid 60s I mean starting you you might have a starting pitcher in the major leagues that um, had 25 plus complete games nowadays you know rare rare do we see rarely do we see a starting pitcher uh, ever complete a game so they never wanted to come out of the game back then they get mad if the manager would come out in the eighth inning and want to pull them out. And a lot of times they'll talk the manager into letting him stay in there. Did you go back and look at the numbers from like Bob Gibson and Denny McLean and guys like that in mm-hmm. 1968? For some reason, I remember that in particular. Those, well, those two guys were they played pretty prominent. Series. Yep. But uh, they had, I bet they had more than 30 complete games each that season. They never came out of the game. Today, and they, and they also deal they, they the also would throw over 300 innings per season, and that's rarely rarely done. I'm not even sure yeah. the last time it has been done. Well, you know, I can understand uh, teams wanting to uh, save their pitchers and stuff, but I'm 78 years old. I come from the old school, and 
And uh, I remember Whitey Ford and those guys, Johnny Padres, Sandy Koufax, Don Drysdale. <laughs> uh, to pull one of them, if they're pitching a good game, you would never get them out. I know that. I mean, these guys would stay in. But I think they've sort of, in my opinion, wussified baseball a little bit because they pull them too soon. And I've been uh, listening to some baseball games, and they uh, oh, we got to pull this pitcher and put in a, uh, another guy, and they wind up, the guy gets knocked out of the box. To me, they should have just left the starting pitcher in there. Mm. But anyway, you answered my question very well, Dave. I appreciate it. Now, this one I have was is with the Little Leagues today. I played Little League. When I played it, we didn't have uniforms, didn't have baseball caps. I wore my street clothes, street shoes, and I played catcher. And all I had was just a regular face mask and that little thing that that protected me there. I like the protection that they give uh, the players today, especially the, the catchers and the baseball, their, their catchers mitt. Oh, what a, what a, I wish I had one of those. I yeah. had one of those where like around with a little hole in it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but uh, one thing I don't like is that every player has to play. I, I watched a little league world series and you got to pull one of your top players to put in a substitute player. We never did that. Every uh, All of our starting guys played unless he got hurt or something, and we brought in one of our regular players. I think they hurt Little League by doing that, and especially when it comes to counting. Uh, I, I know these young guys, but, hey, when I played Little League, the pitchers pitched the whole game. We never pulled them because they had 70 pitches or 80 pitches or something like that, and I think they hurt Little League a little bit by doing stuff like that. Well, I, I so, would say, I, I would say, and, and Robert, sure, sure appreciate your call. Uh, we thank you for that. But I, I, I would look at it a little bit differently when it comes to Little League because I, th- I think you can do more harm uh, nowadays where if you're just going to put a young guy out there, 8, 9, 10 years old, and expect him to throw 70 or 80 pitches or more in a game, I, th- I think you're asking for arm trouble. I really do. So I, I don't have any... I don't have any beef with the little leagues in terms of getting other guys some work. Um, Rick and Kathy, Robert was talking about, and Rick, you brought up Bob Gibson, and I just pulled this up. We were talking about innings thrown, right? It's highly unusual these days in Major League Baseball for a pitcher to have more than 300 innings um, and really even even approach 300 innings. Bob Gibson uh, pitched 17 years in the uh, big leagues. And you look at the number of innings this guy pitched every single year. 63, he pitched 254, 64, 287, 65, 299, 280 and 66, 304 and 68, 314 and 69, 294 and 1970. So, I mean, he was, to say he was a workhorse would be an understatement. And I'd mentioned complete games too, which is, Completely rare these days. I mean, Bob Gibson, 20 complete games in 65, 20 in 66, 28 complete games in both 68 and 69. Phenomenal. Denny McLean, too, 1968, 28 complete games. He pitched 336 innings during the regular season. Then they go all the way through the World Series, and, and this points out here that Denny McLean had a sore arm going into the World Series. You think? Interesting. Yeah, 28 complete games. That, that, that same year, Rick, you'll love this, in 68, 
uh, the Tigers and the Cardinals played in the World Series. Uh, Bob Gibson, as I mentioned, pitched 304 innings. He had uh, 28 complete games. He had 13 shutouts. And his e- he was 22-9. and nine, And his ERA was 1.12. Amazing they, year. They changed the elevation of the mound basically – that not basically after that year and basically because of Bob Gibson was almost unhittable. Yeah, both those guys that year. And that's the McLean won thirty one, right? Thirty one games that year and they did. They changed the game right after that. Twenty two and nine with an ERA of one point one two. How'd you lose nine games? Yeah, giving up one one run a game. Really? Yeah. No, no. Ten fifty seven is our time. Dave Logan, Rick Lewis and Kathy Lee, good to have you with us and good morning on KOA News Radio and the iHeart Radio app. Welcome back, final hour of the show on a Monday morning. Beside Rick Lewis and Kathy Lee, I'm Dave Logan. Happy to have you with us. Our phone number, 303-713-8585. You can text us if you'd like to, 56690. Again, the story of the day from a sports standpoint, uh, the great Don Shula passes today at the age of 90. Uh, coach Shula won more games than any other coach in NFL history. He was a head coach for 33 seasons, couple of Super Bowl titles, he won 347 games uh, combined, regular season and postseason. His regular season record, 328, 156, and 6. Two franchises only for Shula, the Colts and the Dolphins. Yeah, and the Colts, he won a championship with them as well, didn't he? The Baltimore Colts and Johnny Unitas. And... Well, they lost, they lost the Super Bowl to the Jets. Um, I'm thinking in the they, late they might 50s? they might have won an NFL championship. I yeah, it wouldn't be a Super Bowl. It would have been an NFL, like fifty nine. That was my team growing up 60, too. Somewhere in there, they they battled. They were in the same, I think, the same division with the Packers back when Vince Lombardi really had the pack up and running. But I I I don't know if they did. I don't know if the Colts. We'll we'll, if we'll not, try to they find were out. In the mix a lot. Oh yeah, they yeah. they had a really good good team. Yeah, for sure. By the way, from the 303, we were talking about Broncos season tickets and, you know, sort of playing with house money here. How how, how are they going to go by about that if there was an a, a interesting um, tidbit of information today on ESPN that the Dolphins organization already discussing how they can have up to 15,000 fans in the stands watching a Dolphins home game? It would be different for the Broncos because of their drawing ability, but uh, the 303-903 said, I've only paid for half of the Broncos season. Second half is due June 4th. Wonder if they're still going to make us pay. I don't know. Mm. I'm not sure. So uh, the Baltimore, I'm oh, sorry to interrupt. Baltimore Colts won NFL championships in 58, 59, and 68. Yeah, you know what? What am I, what am I thinking about? They beat, the, they beat the Giants in 58. That's what I thought. That was the Alex, Alex Amici run. That was a nationally televised game that really, that game is given credit for being the impetus for pro football really taking off from a TV standpoint. 
And I'm not sure if Don Shula was the head coach. He was. Yeah, he was Was there for the 68 championship. 68, but I was talking 58, 59, probably not. No. He might have still been playing then. Yeah, he was there 63 to 69. Okay. So 58, it would have been Allie Sherman of the Giants. It might have been Weeb Eubank for the Colts, the former Jets head coach. Weeb was the head coach of the Colts. I think before Don Shula. You remember Weeb Eubank? Weeb Eubank, yeah. And then he became the Jets coach that beat the uh, the Colts in the Super Bowl. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And so we he was Grant. Yeah. So Weeb Eubank was the head coach uh, of the '58 Colts. And then Shula came in at '59. Shula came in at '63. Okay. Yep. So he was a player. Shula played. You said for the Browns. I thought it was the Browns. Um, Maybe Giants, too. Well, for some reason, I want to think Giants. Could be right. Was he a defensive back? Oh, gosh. I don't know why I'm thinking Chuck, that. Chuck Knoll played for the Browns. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure Grant. I'm not sure what position Don right Shula played. I thought he was an offensive lineman. Could be wrong. I'm not sure on the position, but I know he was drafted by the Cleveland Browns in the ninth round of the 1951 draft. Okay. Do you ever play for the Giants? Oh, and he was a defensive back as well. Okay, DB. But I'm not seeing anything on the Giants yet. Okay. We should mention that Mike Shula is the quarterback coach for the Broncos. Mike was hired, uh, I want to say in January, before all this coronavirus pandemic. Uh, Spent some time the last couple of years coaching quarterbacks with the Giants, so he's familiar with Pat Shermer and what Pat likes to do. Mike Mike was a good college player, played at the University of Alabama, was a starter for... I think for three years, and uh, had a cup of coffee as a player in the league, and then went right, right into coaching. I went. I mean that I, I have yet to meet him, but I will this year, Rick, and I'm sure you will as well. I wonder how that that had to be difficult for him growing up. As I mean, Coach Shula had two sons, David and Mike, but to grow up as a football person in the football shadow of Don Shula, I, w- I would think that would have presented some significant challenges. Yeah, that'd be hard for any any son that he had trying to follow in his footsteps with a, a lot of those type athletes. You know, like if Michael Jordan had a son who plays basketball. Hmm. How difficult would that have been? Or if you had a son. Well, how about LeBron James? Look yeah, at him, and, he, and, and, he, and yep. he does. And the, and the son is in high school now. And is he a junior? Which uh, makes it even harder, I think. And he goes by Bronny. Okay, he's so been... he, he's a junior then. Yeah, that makes it even tougher. But isn't his son really good? Supposedly. High school kid, right? Yeah. But I don't care how good he is. He's never going to be as good as his dad, right? I mean, he's never going to live up to that. What if he's better? Not going to happen. Did Michael Jordan ever have any kids that uh, were good at basketball? Not that I've heard of. Not that I remember. I was thinking about that watching that The Last Dance. I was thinking about how good he was. You know, and then Michael's siblings would talk about Michael yeah. when he was a kid. And I was like, I wonder if you had any kids who are good. I'll tell you what has struck me in this series that ESPN's put together. And it's really good. They they are now through episode six. We have uh, four more left. But as as good as he was, and he was he was a great basketball player, and, and he was an icon in terms of notoriety worldwide, he still did a pretty good job of limiting access to his life. Mm-hmm. He was a pretty private dude. Um, and I'm sitting there watching that thinking, 
man, and he, and he talked about it. When he leaves the hotel room, he has to have security and goes to the game and gets security back to the hotel room. And he said, basically, my life is in this hotel room, and I'm, I'm not much liking that at all. But, I mean, you didn't, you know, you knew his first wife was named Juanita and that they divorced, but he, there wasn't a lot of information about his personal life. Yeah, and, and last night watching, you could see he got real sick of it. He got yep. sick of being Michael Jordan and all the attention that he got everywhere. And there was that scene of him just hanging around, hanging in the in his hotel room, laying on the couch, smoking a cigar. Yep. And talked anything. about it. Like, he, this is my life. I you, can't even leave the hotel room. You know what I thought was shocking? I'm only, I mean, you guys are ahead of me because I'm only in the third. Okay. One, but is that Scottie Pippen got cut as a sophomore in high school. But Michael got cut as a sophomore too. I was like, "What?" I was like, "What?" This did is Pippen so- get cut also? I think he got. He didn't make the team. Neither. He, neither did Jordan. Yeah, and I was like, "That's so." And they told told him he was too skinny. <laughs> I wonder if that coach is still coaching. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I cut like Michael Jordan guy. as a sophomore. Yeah. Oh man. But it's so weird to think about, like you know, just. When- Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And they're going through the backgrounds of these guys of, I'm like, wait a minute. They, Michael gets cut, Scotty gets cut, but then they become these big stars. Basketball you know? icons. And I mean, Dennis it, Rodman went to, what, Southwestern Oklahoma University or something and central, was a late central, bloomer as well. Yeah. Central, 5'11 in college. Yeah. No, oh, no, yeah. no, 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 no. 5'11? When so, he graduated from high school and went to college, his freshman year, he was five foot eleven. I, th- I, I thought he was. Pitt- I, th- I thought he was five eleven as a sophomore in high school. No, I think that's wrong, Millennial Grant. You've not been wrong really <laughs> since you started here. I'm going to call you on that one. I, I think when he left high school, he was like six six, and then grew to six eight. By the way, the three oh three five nine eight reminded us that on that fifty eight Giants team, um, the team the Colts beat in overtime. The two coordinators for Ali Sherman, Tom Landry was the offensive mm. coordinator, and Vince Lombardi was the defensive coordinator. Wow, two legends. How are we doing that in that staff? Yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. Hmm. And they, that's uh, you still see the those games in black and white every now and then yeah. on ESPN yeah. or ESPN Classics or whatever. It was Scottie Pippen who was 6'1 in high school, and he grew to 6'8 in co- through college. Okay. 
He was 6'1 in high, high school. school? Yes. When he played in high school, he was, upon graduation, he was 6'1. Mm. Wow. Wow. Because so, I do remember that in the story last night when I was watching. But his mom's six feet tall, and his dad was 6'1, Scotty's parents. All right. Craig and Kiowa joins us, 11-16 on this Monday. Morning, Craig. Hi, Dave. Uh, speaking of the Colts, do you remember when they used to have their training camps up at the School of Mines? I do. I actually went there a couple of times and uh, got autographs. I did, too. I still have them today. So, yeah, Johnny Unitas, Mike Curtis, Bubba Smith, the whole that whole uh, team, as I recall, a few of the names on that team, anyhow. Yeah, it. Uh, and Craig, thanks for the call. And Rick, I've told you this story before, but I got uh, Johnny. You, I got to meet Johnny Unitas and Raymond Berry, and then my rookie year in the NFL, Raymond Berry is my receiver coach. Yeah, that's a great story. Why would the Colts come here to train? I, 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 I never. Altitude I never found that maybe, out. Maybe. Or, yeah, I can't imagine any other reason. Maybe the Rocky Mountain oysters. Yeah, Coors. Maybe Coors was Maybe a big Coors. deal back then to them. They didn't have Coors Light. <laughs> no, they didn't. Right? 1978, Coors Light came out. Is that what it was? I think so, yep. Why would I know that? Why would you know that? I remember it when I first was able to buy it. It was a big deal. <laughs> I remember the Coors. Silver Bullet. Coors Beer. I remember taking some Coors Beer back to Ohio oh, yeah. for friends. You'd have thought I walked in with gold bouillon. I know. Wasn't that something back then? Yes. Yeah, same thing. You know, I lived in Ohio, and, you know, we dreamed of crossing the Mississippi River so we could load up the trunk of the car with Coors and bring it back and make a fortune off it. <laughs> the young entrepreneurial yes, Rick Lewis. Right. Bob in Boulder joins us on KOA News Radio. Hi, Bob. Hey, how you guys doing? We're good. I got a question for you. Have you heard anything on the starting of the 2020 baseball season? We had uh, Buddy Black on, the skipper of the Rockies. I believe that was on Friday, just a few days ago. And uh, he said there's nothing of, of concrete information, but his gut told him that we're probably a month to six weeks away. Okay. So well, I need to know. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. I mean, I'd, I'd love to have information that we've just found out, and here's when they're going to start, but there's no hard start date yet. Yeah, I was working with Jack Corrigan yesterday on his Sunday broadcast, and he mentioned that he's heard June 15th is what they're hoping for, but it's much more likely that it will be July 1st. So that would, in essence, be two months. Right. So instead of four to six, that'd be six to eight. And I'd heard over the weekend from somebody who I think would know that the uh, hockey players are going to tr- uh, start practicing again on the 15th of this month. Hmm. So just a week or so, uh, they're going to start getting back together, which means they must be planning on doing something. Well, and you, you got to think, I mean, how long would it take for them to get back up and running from a conditioning standpoint? A couple weeks. Didn't we ask Joe Sackick that, I think? Mm-hmm. They said, did he say two or three weeks? I thought he said that, yeah. You're groin and... The little groins. you got to be able to you know, get back up on skates. But at least they'll all be the same, right? They'll all be in the same yeah. condition. Yeah. Like, the one's not better than the other because they've gotten to skate anywhere. Right. I mean, I, I certainly hope for the Rockies, for the Rockies, for the Av standpoint, that we see, if not the conclusion of the regular season, jumping into the playoffs. Because, Rick, as you said, I think you asked Joe that question, man... You've got a good young team. Um, you know, you got a puncher's chance a in this contender. thing if you can just get back in it. They're contenders. Yep. yep. No, no question. Doubt. Dan in Denver joins us on KOA at 1120. What's up, Dan? Hi, guys. 
Hey, listen, I had a question I had heard, and I'm not sure, that as far as baseball is concerned, a lot of professional pitchers don't really want to pitch up here because of the elevation. It's hard on the arm. And I would imagine, too, that even in quarterbacking and kicking, the elevation, the lighter air, makes the ball go a little bit further. And for pitching, there's less resistance, so you hurt your arm a little more. I'm sure you've heard that. Is that true? Well, it's certainly true that – you know those who love to throw the uh, breaking ball. The ball doesn't doesn't break uh, at this elevation the way it does at sea level. I mean that's that's true for sure. I, I'm not sure about the you know the arm and it's tougher on your arm to throw. I I don't know. I mean I I never pitched in the major leagues. I pitched in high school and in the summers. Um, I I can't I can't tell you that. But but clearly your ball will not break nearly as much at altitude as, as it does at uh, sea level. Oh, okay. And have, have quarterbacks ever said anything about, hey, I can throw this ball like three, I think I can throw it three, four year, three or four yards longer, and the kicker's going, yeah, it'll go a little further. Have you ever heard that? Well, sure, yeah. The, uh, I, don't, I don't know about uh, you, can, you can throw it. I mean, it stands re- – thank you, Dan. It stands the reason the ball would go further. I mean, it certainly goes further off the bat here at elevation. I think kicking. I think it's like ten sure. percent kicking. Yeah. No question. I mean, we've seen, you know, we've seen a sixty-three yard field goal here. We've seen a sixty-four yard field goal here. First from Jason Elam, the the latter from Matt Prater. So, yeah, I think that's that's reasonable. Uh, something from the uh, Southeastern Conference, college football related. The commissioner. Uh, says that his conference could push forward alone, even if the other conferences didn't play. Uh, he said, quote, there is room for different conferences to make different decisions, unquote. So that sounds like they're they're going to play. And even if you don't, we're still going. And once again, a lot of money, especially in that conference, uh, big money in that conference, big stadiums, all those stadiums in the South, Southeastern Conference are packed and some of the biggest stadiums in college football. Mm. And I, you would think it just takes one kind of maverick like that, one rogue program to go, hey, we're going, where the rest of them go, eh, maybe we should go. You but, know? Well, it does maybe put some pressure on them, right? I think it puts pressure on them, yeah. And just the fact that the NFL is talking like they're going to play – I think kind of not only is it encouraging and gives you a sense of optimism, but I think it also puts a little pressure on all of these pro sports. Like, you know, hey, these guys are going to go. Let's 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 plan on going anyway. Yeah, the pro sports, I can see the pressure. The college sports, to me, that that'll be decided by the the presidents of the of the respective universities. And again, we've already seen a group of them make a general statement that we're not playing college football this fall if we don't have students back on campus. So that, to me, is going to be – the NFL doesn't have to worry about that. They don't have any students. But college universities, and especially especially with presidents that have already stipulated that publicly, now I think it's going to be interesting to see whether or not they, they start to walk that back. And, and also, when is it going to be realistic to think that – Hey, we're going to be able to have our students on campus, and what does that mean for the for the faculty and 
for all of the, the people who are a lot older than those students that have to deal with these students on a regular basis. How do you do, do the best job you can to ensure that they're going to be healthy? So the, to me, the colleges have a more difficult task with respect to if they're going to play football than the NFL does. Yeah, and it's going to be a tough decision to make for any one of those people. And you don't want to be on the wrong side of it. I think that was a quote from Dave Logan when we first got into this pandemic. You don't want to be the guy that makes the wrong decision. That keeps things open and then all of a sudden you just get besieged yes. with sick people. Or even the other way. Say these guys who decide to open and you say no and uh, your your university goes under because you didn't want to play along and the rest of these guys like, hey, we figured it out. We found a way to do this. Yeah. Too bad you couldn't have done it. Yeah. Neither way is is any good. 11.25 is our time. Dave, Rick, and Kathy, good morning on KOA News Radio on the iHeartRadio app. Back at 11.37 on this Monday morning. How you doing? Dave Logan, oh, Rick Lewis, and Kathy Dave, Lee. Thanks. Good to hear from you, Rick. <laughs> Kathy, you doing good, too? I'm good. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Had a good weekend. It was good. I, it was nice, for sure. Brian has a question for Kathy real quick. Okay. Brian calling from Greeley. Go right ahead, Brian. Yes, sir. Are you guys doing great? Doing great. Good. This is my condolence for Shula today. Uh, I'm, I'm 61 years old, so I, I, I'm him watching him as a great coach for the uh, Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is for Kathy Lee. Um, my question is about Cam Newton. If he wanted to come to the Broncos for a million dollars a year and sign for three years, would you take that? Would I take it? <laughs> would you? I think we're getting aced out of the football I, questions, Rick. <laughs> I thought he was going to ask Kathy if she's ever slept with Cam Newton. I, like, I would defer would to Dave on this one. Show? I would defer to Dave. Uh, Dave, would you take it? For a million dollars a year? For a million dollars a year. If yes. you took a million dollars a year. I'd say yes. For, right. for me to play backup quarterback? Not you. For Cam. Would we take Cam if he took a million dollars a year? Isn't that the league minimum? Yes. I, for his, I would. No, the league minimum. For his, for how many years he's played? Maybe. Though, right? Maybe. Yeah. Yes. To answer your question, if you could get him for a million dollars a year, yes. I think the biggest question is, is he healthy? And I think that's the reason and the only reason that somebody hasn't given him a shot I shouldn't say the only reason. I think there is also an underlying reason that teams are wondering, hey, are you still willing to run the ball? Do you want – I mean, because he was at his best when he was a dual threat, big, strong guy. But lately, the last couple of years, he hasn't run the ball nearly as much. Now, it, And in, with his skill set, if he's strictly a pocket passer, um, then he's not, he's not as effective because that's that's – that's not the only part of his game. The, the combination of his power and his willingness to run the ball and then throw the ball made him, obviously, the MVP of the league one year. I feel exactly the same way Dave does. Yeah, Kathy, actually, she slid me that answer <laughs> on a piece of paper. And I, I would just, have said yes anyways, but you came out with a better answer. Yeah, a million dollars a year. I hope that Why answers not, your question, right? Brian. Yeah, yes. for sure. Uh, I got a couple interesting things here to run by you, Dave, from uh, Peter King. You know him. Yes. I think he's been on our show before. He has. Yes. Yeah. Ohio University graduate. Is he really? Didn't know that. I didn't either. Uh, award-winning football and Sports Illustrated journalist. He's speculating about the NFL season coming up, and it's pretty interesting. He, he thinks players will be tested twice a week, 
during the season, and he said if a player tests positive or somebody, you know, maybe a coach or whatever, that they might cancel the next game or two for that team, but they would keep the rest of them going. So he said there, he thought there was a possibility of a 12 to 14 game season. Mm. The 16 is the plan, but if a team has someone test positive, then they got to shut it down for two weeks. But sounds like that they would pick it back up again. So I don't know how you factor in. Let's just say for the playoffs, one team gets 12 games, one team gets 16. Maybe they shut everyone down. Is it winning percentage? Hmm. You know, maybe they would shut the whole season down for two weeks and then pick it back up again. What if that team had more than one player test positive throughout the season? So they yeah. like couldn't play like six games. Well, that's, you know? there's a lot of what ifs here. Uh, Listen, I, I think teams, if they're really talking about playing in the NFL, I think teams have to get to the point where they say, Listen, if we have a couple. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Of players test positive, we'll quarantine those players and we'll continue to play. Right? Yeah. That's probably where it goes, I think. And they'll and they'll test all players whether once a week or twice, twice a, week a week or what right? what whatever. I mean, how else are you gonna do it? He also uh, talks about the media, which would be us, and I would I'm just throwing he didn't mention this, but I think they will test us as well. Uh maybe once a week or whatever. I don't. I don't think they care if we get it. At <laughs> well, all. I think they want to keep us away from them. Well, we're not. They... We're not going to be. I, I'll tell you this: your, your role after the game, I think this year is going we'll to change. dramatically change. What if, he, if you guys fly separately from the team too? That's possible as well. You know, you just fly commercial. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I guess that's possible because we're flying with them. So, yeah, so maybe they want to keep us. You know, that's why I think contact. they would test us uh, unless we have been tested. Yeah, so maybe they test you once a week before you get on the plane. He also pointed out there will be, he thinks, no locker room access for media, which I think that's would true. surprise anybody. And then he talked about California because Gavin Newsom, the governor there, uh, has said he doesn't think they can play any sports in California till the end of the year, which got a lot of people's attention. He believes that if that's the case, the NFL would still play. They just wouldn't play in California. Hmm. 
So those teams, yeah, we, we we talked about that. Yeah, remember they, they'd play somewhere else. Yeah, they, both the Rams and the Chargers. I was told by somebody in the NFL, everybody's making contingency plans, right? Mm-hmm. Doomsday plans. Everybody has four, five, six scenarios. Hey, if this happens, we do this. And one of the scenarios for both the Rams and the Chargers would be to play their home games somewhere else. What about the 49ers? I guess, well, yeah. I, they didn't mention them but specifically. But they'd have to bring but, them, too, somewhere yeah. else. Three teams in California, yeah. Bring them all to Vegas. The Raiders moved to Vegas. He also talked about that stadium in L.A., the possibility that it might not be finished because of the slowdown because of the virus. But didn't the construction workers, aren't those considered essential employees? Yeah, but you talk about the one in L.A. Yeah, or the LA, one in Vegas? The, the new L.A. stadium, he said, may not be done in time. And they're going to open the season there, apparently, uh, that's where the season's going to open. He said he wouldn't be surprised if they don't do that because they may not be done. Hmm. So expect a lot. You just got to be flexible. Just expect a lot of changes and be happy that they can play. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at in my head. I'll be glad that they can just play and just figure it out. We know it's going to be a weird year. I think a lot of people would be happy if they could just play and watch it even on TV. That they Absolutely. Can't. I mean, I'd be fine with just watching it on TV. As long as we have something to watch. The other thing he he said, he doesn't think anyone over 70 will be allowed to go to the stadium to watch the game. Or anybody who has underlying conditions. Well, sure, that would be a given, I think. But even if they're going to put an age limit on it, that's pretty, I mean, this is pretty strict stuff. There, right? there, I mean, I, I, I would say I understand the thinking there. Mm, good luck on enforcing that. Yeah, I agree. You're going to have some very active and completely healthy 70-plus-year-olds say, wait a minute. Who's going to sue for ages? Sure. <laughs> at age, I mean, honestly. I mean, honestly. Why would – I mean, well, like we, – we've given up a lot of civil liberties already throughout this pandemic, and, and a lot of people have been okay with it. We're getting pushback now, but a lot of civil liberties have been given up because people are scared and they want to stay, stay safe. So you're right. If they're saying, hey, if you're over 70, you can't go to a game – that might not run through the court system very well. No. You know, so I, I, see I don't think they would say that. I think they just say, listen, if, if you're, you're over the age of seventy or whatever, or you have underlying health issues, we strongly recommend that you don't come home. to these games. So therefore you've put your recommendation out there. You haven't mandated. And then I, I do think there'll be some sort of legal document that every NFL fan, should they decide to play this year and have fans at a game will have to sign mm-hmm. and and the 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 document will be essentially stating that hey I fan understand what I'm getting myself into I accept all risk mm-hmm. I mean they the the NFL teams are going to have some sort of legal document that will prevent somebody from that would go to the game and then catch covid-19 and you know then die and then want to sue the NFL. They're well, going to have something. Dave, I mean, I'm going to get, I have a couple appointments this weekend for hair and other things, and they say that you have to sign the legal document before you come in. That, that, that says that you're you can't like, sue? Yeah, that you're giving, that you know that you're taking the risk of being in the salon, mm-hmm. you know, because that's what it's going to be. I mean, they already prepared us. They sent out I a letter to all of too. us and said only five clients and five hairdressers or five clients, you know, at a time. I'm, I mean, if you have a small business, I completely understand that. And I, I get it from the NFL standpoint, too. I mean, you want some sort of security that you're not going to be facing, you know, various incidents of, of civil lawsuits. 
I mean, because those could all be, I mean, any, think about, any company yeah. is at risk for that. So I think you're going to have to sign those wherever you go. I mean, I think that's going to be the new norm. You have to sign away your rights on that. It's you're coming in here at your own risk. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. 1147 is our time. Mark in the Springs joins us on KOA. Hey, morning, uh, morning, Mark. Hi, Dave. How are you guys doing? Good. Doing good. I read uh, an article the other day in local sports paper. Um, the major commissioners, the commissioners of the major sports, released a statement saying that unless testing becomes widespread and more available, they couldn't resume their sports because of the potential of a PR backlash. So it, it, it kind of goes back to when Von Miller was tested. He, he was... I noticed that how easy it was for him to, number one, go down and get the test, and number two, how quickly he got back the results of that test. That's not the reality for most of us. Hey, they're, they're factoring in the that the test will be that. more readily available by September. The NFL has said that. Mm-hmm. And, and they're making these assumptions based on the availability of testing for everybody by September. Right. But so, you're right. Well, let's hope that let's hope that happens. Absolutely, yeah, I agree, Mark. Thank you. Uh, just reading this, J. Crew files for bankruptcy. So yeah, they said they're one of the first large retailers hmm. that were affected by this coronavirus. That they're filing for bankruptcy. Let's go to Arizona and Big Head Rick on KOA. Oh, Dave, Rick, and Kathy. Long time no talk. How's it going? Good. Good I like man. your name, Big Head Rick. You took well, that nickname I'm away five, from Rick. Seven, and I have my head size, my hat size is seven and seven eighths, and I have a size 12 foot. So I'm like Ooh. one bad chromosome from being a hobbit. <laughs> 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 Listen, okay. I, I uh, haven't called in a long time. Give me two minutes. This COVID thing, I'm losing my mind. I'm balanced. I understand it. My wife's a nurse at the local hospital here. She's on the COVID unit once in a while. She says everyone puts their time on the rock. Here's some quick facts about Prescott, Arizona. 40,000, 45,000 people. Six new cases in the last 23 days. Yavapai County, which is uh, you know central Arizona, 240,000 residents, more or less. 89 cases total and two fatalities, unfortunately. But that's an average of like one fatality for every 120,000 people. The town shut down. But the weird thing is, the last two weekends, everybody from Phoenix comes up to get out of the heat. And, you know, they could be bringing the, the funky funk up with them. So why, if they're coming up, we might as well just open up the city. Now, more importantly, my sister lives in St. Louis, and she wants the town continue to be shut down. St. Louis, population 600,000. They average 25,000 deaths per 100,000 in St. Louis. And they shut the town down. No, no, but not 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 twenty five thousand deaths for one hundred thousand oh, infected. Twenty five. I'm sorry, man. 20, I'm just. Oh, <laughs> I was like, 25 wow. Twenty five deaths. Twenty five. Okay. Twenty five deaths. Twenty five per one hundred thousand, and the town shut down. But St. Louis is the most violent town as far as homicides in the country. They have sixty one homicides per one hundred thousand, and no one shuts down the city for that. Hmm. They just say, you know, be safe. Well, let's just be safe with coronavirus. Yeah, last week I heard the mayor of Newport Beach talking about when the governor shut their beaches down. And and he he said they're not going to. He said, we're not going to shut them down. He said, we've had 50 deaths total 
in Orange County, a county of almost 4 million people, 50. And he said, this is ridiculous what they're doing. So you're starting to get some pushback from some mayors. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting. I, I think a lot of people are, are still really afraid. Well, sure. To venture out there. And it'll be interesting now that things are opening up to see how many people really do go to a restaurant, how many people really do get their hair cut. But then in Colorado, we have the we have mayors here who extended it beyond what the governor said. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like it goes, I mean, it just depends on the the state. I think think you have to do what you believe is right for your constituents. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean. But does the governor trump everybody else? I don't think so. No, because he didn't trump everybody else here. No. And so that's why the mayor of Newport Beach said, screw you, we're opening up. I mean, we all, the three of us live in cities that the governor, we are still shut down. Mm -hmm. So that was the county what is the county commissioner who well, shuts down a, a county it was mayor it was denver you know denver mayor, county yeah. I get it. and then it was tri-county which is arapahoe it's tri-county health yeah, tri-county health which was arapahoe jefferson and douglas county said they're not following suit they're opening up So they just said no they said no and they're open up today okay again all you can hope for is the areas of the country and in our state particularly that open up you know make it through with reasonable success that we don't just see a complete surge and overwhelming uh, or uh, of of the hospitals that we don't see an increase but I, I I'm again I'm I want to be careful about it for sure mm-hmm. I'm not a guy that thinks this has just been a big hoax I think it's a very serious very serious thing that said I think if you do it smartly and carefully and continue to practice social distancing and and good habits that you're going to, you're going to be able to gradually open things up. And we're a little different because we have been out every day. We, we leave the house every day we go to work. So I I'm starting to think the people that have been sheltered in after a while, you become more minds. afraid, mm-hmm. you lose yeah. your mind and you become more afraid. Like I'm not going out there. I, I, I mean, we probably know people who are afraid to go out, who have still not seen anybody, who haven't yep. gone to the store, and they're like, nope, I'm not going anywhere for a little while. Yep, no doubt about that. Nick in Wellington will be our final caller on KOA. Hi, Nick. Hi, guys. How you doing? Good. Um, I was calling. I have season tickets to the Yavs, and uh, I've asked for a refund for the remaining games. Um, I'm 67 and diabetic, so I'm considered high risk. And uh, I still go to the grocery store and I'll go to Walmart. So I'm not staying in, but I don't want to go into an enclosed arena with 16,000 people screaming. Um, Even if they do that, they may not even do that. But they're holding on to uh, the money for the season tickets because they say the season is suspended and not... Canceled. Not canceled, and so they, and so they could uh, hold on to these all that money for season tickets, the NHL, for four or five months till they decide to finish the season. What What if they said, Nick? Hey, I tell you what we'll do. You don't have to come back if you don't want to. We'll credit your remaining however many games, nineteen maybe or something like that, towards next year's purchase. Would Would that work? I I asked for that, and they said no. We can't do anything like that till. NHL decides what to do with this season. Hmm. Well, that's and, good. Uh, Tricky. You know, I mean, so I kind of feel like because I'm because I am um, considered high risk, 
uh, I probably don't want to go to any game games, and I might go to a Rockies game because it's open. But I don't want to go into an enclosed arena uh, when I'm considered high risk. Probably for maybe till next fall. And they yeah, might, that, yeah. And they may not let everybody into the arena. No, that's they right. They might only have half the arena full. So how are they going to determine that? Yeah, lots of questions for sure, and very few answers as of yet. Because honestly, we're like everybody else. We really. You just don't know. You hope for the best. Nick, thank you. And that is going to do it for our show. We thank you for being with us. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Thanks to Millennial Grant. Uh, Dragon Redbeard, we miss you. Hope to see you back at your helm soon. For Rick Lewis and Kathy Lee, I'm Dave Logan. News coming up next. Mandy Connell, noon to 3. Big Allen, JoJo, 3 to 6. Michael Brown, 6 to 7. And, of course, Ryan Edwards and Benjamin Albright with Broncos Country tonight, 7 until 10. See you tomorrow, 9 a.m on KOH. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.